is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. We want to thank the Dwell app for supporting Made for This. To get started with Dwell, go to dwellapp.io slash madeforthis to get 10% off a yearly subscription or 33% off Dwell for Life. 33% off means you save $50, so make sure to visit dwellapp.io slash madeforthis and commit to scripture for the rest of this year or for life. So something interesting when I look back at this season of my life that we're talking about is I really wasn't just trying to measure up to myself or to other people. I actually was trying to measure up to God. And I thought that there was a way to do that. I thought that he had an expectation. He had entrusted me with a lot and I needed to meet that expectation. And I was moving through my life and the work that he had given me with that in mind. And it was exhausting. It's one of the main reasons I think I was so exhausted and I did not want to do this anymore. So I want to read to you out of the book what I was feeling in that time. I flash back to the urgency to please and obey God I had for several years. And I see now that it had strangled much of my wonder, delight, elation, satisfaction, and just plain fun out of life. With life feeling more and more hectic and cluttered, my soul was obviously unfulfilled. I had a lot of things of God, but not God himself. True fulfillment means we have the ability to live present in both positive and negative experiences and not miss either one. Yet I was bitterly aware that all of it seemed to be slipping through my hands. Somehow, as I surrendered to God like a pendulum, I swung from life is about my happiness to life is about suffering for Jesus. So somehow... I thought that, okay, I'm in. And if you've read the book, Anything You Know, My Husband, I prayed this prayer of surrender, which I highly recommend that because it was a catalyst to every single thing in my life right now that I enjoy and love and also some of the difficult things, but I I never would take that prayer back. But my mentality about that prayer, I wish I could go back and talk to myself and say, hey, this probably isn't the healthiest way to think about this, that you're going to surrender and obey and you're going to be a martyr. And it was really dramatic. And I look back and I just thought, okay, life is going to be hard now and we're going to suffer because to some degree we did. We surrendered to Jesus and everything didn't get easier. It got a million times harder and in almost every single category of our lives. And so for five years, we walked through that hard. And I mean, hard pressing in from every single direction, from you know, all the things I've named before. My my best friend has a stroke. My husband walks through massive depression. You know, we just had, we had a hard go of it for five years. We merged our church and a lot of people were disappointed in us. I was leading If Gathering and there was a lot of pressure. So it just felt like, gosh, this is a hard life and this is what it means to follow Jesus. And so, you know, fast forward five years later and I'm following Jesus and there's a lot of blessing and there's a lot of ease and there's a lot of joy and there's a lot of unity and there's a lot of peace and I'm confused and I'm taking my daughter to get her checked for cancer because she has some lymph nodes that are swollen because I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop. I don't think God wants my happiness. I don't think that happiness is even okay anymore. I just got programmed that life is suffering and following God is hard and you are a martyr and you just do it because you love him. 
And I lost my joy and elation. And the way that I coped, as we talked about last week, was being numb. And I would just numb over the feelings I was having and the difficulty that I was going through. And to some degree, guys, if you're a Navy SEAL and you have to face death every single day, there's an aspect of being numb that helps you, that helps you face the the work you have to do and the difficulty you're going to have to face. But if you live like that, you're going to miss the best parts and the hard parts. And so... I had to deal with this. I, I signed up for counseling. I began to process what I'd been through. I began to process even just the PTSD of watching people that I love up close, really difficult things suffer. I mean, just unbelievable, unthinkable things that were happening around me to people I loved. And I had to process that. And I did that work. And I I went to the places that I was afraid to go before I saw that numbness leave. But I realized that my view of God had been all wrong, that he wasn't asking something from me. He wanted to walk through something that I would have walked through anyway, right? A lot of those things would have happened whether I surrendered to God or not. He wanted to walk through those things with me. He wanted to carry the burdens that I was carrying. He wasn't demanding something difficult from me. He was saying, life is difficult. In this life, you will have trouble, scripture says. But take heart, I've overcome the world. I want to walk through those things with you. And I am more victorious and in the end will win and beat back the darkness and suffering will have no home in heaven and tears will not happen there that I will, I will wipe them away. And so there is a comfort and a strength that comes from walking with Jesus through this. But this idea that we are martyrs for Jesus and, and we're just going to put our heads down, do all these things for God, that really became an unhealthy perspective that I was living with. And what began to change most deeply in me is I saw that I'd lost my joy. And I thought this something I'm believing about God, something I'm believing about my life, myself, is broken because I know that God promises joy. I know he promises us peace that surpasses understanding. And none of that's happening in my life. And it took me facing these fears and facing the difficult things I was feeling, which I don't like to do, right? I I like, I'm an optimist. I don't want to think about the negative things in my life. I want to just believe the best about them and move on and hide them under a rug somewhere. And, and that wasn't working any longer. Scripture says in Jeremiah, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke though I was their husband, declares the Lord. And that covenant was the law, the covenant of the law that was given to Moses in Exodus and given to a people that were free but needed guidance and direction. And he he built the law for them to protect them, but also as evidence that they would need a savior one day, that they could never meet the righteous requirement of God. And so he says, I'm gonna bring about a new covenant and that new covenant is going to do this. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me for the least of them to the greatest declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. And we know that that came through Jesus coming to earth, dying for our sins, that we could actually have a relationship with God and walk with God. God, that we would know what to do, that he would be through the form of the Holy Spirit and through the scriptures that he would walk with us and show us what it looks like to follow him. And that's what I love about God is he doesn't just demand something from us. He sets us in our places and he says, I'm going to do this with you. 
My yoke is easy and my burden is light because I'm going to carry it with you. I'm going to pull it with you. You're not going to be alone anymore. We're not going to be separate. We're not going to be divided. We're going to be together. And what I've learned is that delight comes from walking with God, walking with Jesus. It doesn't come from my circumstances all working out. I can tell you, as somebody who has had a season of harvest, a season of delight, where my kids are largely walking with God and we're healthy. And yes, we walked through COVID and a lot of fears. And I'm not saying this season hasn't carried with it its own struggles and burdens, but compared to where I was in the dark night of the soul, you know, four, five years ago, I've walked with God in plenty and I've walked with God through need and need in every single category in our lives. And I can tell you he's good in both. He's faithful in both. He cares for us in both. I saw my joy restored before my circumstances were restored. Now that is evidence that there is a real God that comforts us and issues us peace and joy and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and all those things because I couldn't have mustered those things up in the darkest season of my life, but he gave them to me in the darkest season of my life. In fact, it was more awkward and hard to learn to be joyful in the midst of plenty, in the midst of God providing in the midst of circumstances not falling apart everywhere, I had to settle into, oh gosh, I forgot. God also gives good gifts to his children because he loves them. And I had to get more at home in that because I had learned how to suffer and I had learned how to walk with God in need. And I had to remember how to walk with him and depend on him still in the midst of plenty. We aren't martyrs. We are surrendered kids that trust God and walk with him and look to him when we don't know what to do. We don't know how to solve our own problems when we don't know how to be enough for the situation. We trust him. We love him. We rest in him. So Dwell is an audio Bible app that Zach and I love using while we're driving around and we've used it for years. You can change the volume on the voice and the background music and even repeat verses to memorize. It's completely customizable. They even have a new feature where you can search the whole Bible for a verse and listen to it with one click. They have so many unique voices to choose from and lots of different translations. What I love is just pushing play and listening to Felix read scripture to me because the way he reads it, it's like I'm experiencing it for the very first time. Verses that I've known, even memorized all my life and I hear things that I've never heard before just because of the way he reads it. So if you're kind of feeling bored or stagnant with your time with Jesus, this is such a powerful way to kind of refresh that. To put in your AirPods and just walk around the neighborhood to have scripture read over you. It is so unique and it is so powerful. Go to dwellapp.io slash made for this to get 10% off a yearly subscription or 33% off Dwell for Life. So let me answer a few questions here. I feel guilty about feeling happy. Why do I feel guilty? And what is the right understanding of this? <laughs> Guys, oh gosh. First of all, if you're asking that question, I'm going to guess one of two things. Number one, you're probably pretty young. You probably are pretty young and you haven't suffered the way that you will. And so I would say enjoy a season of happiness. Enjoy a season where circumstances are good and delightful. Take it in because I promise you trouble will find you. It is a one of the most sure things in life is that we will go through suffering. We will face sickness and difficulty in relationships. We will face times where everything doesn't go our way as 
we just learned with COVID, the whole wide world got shut down, right? So we don't know what's ahead. So if you're in a season of happiness, I would say enjoy it and celebrate it and realize that it probably contains many, many layers of gifts from God. Thank him for it. Don't feel guilty. Thank him for it. Use that season to notice the people that need in your life. When I'm in a season of plenty, I have more margin to be able to take care of other people that don't. And so notice the people in your life that are struggling and notice the people in your life that need your love and your kindness and your affection and be there for them. That is a gift in seasons where we do have margin and we are happy and we have what we need, but we're not supposed to just coast with it. We're supposed to love other people in the midst of it. And then there will be those seasons where you're on the mat, per se, where where you're the one being carried to Jesus and you can't muster up prayers. You're suffering so deeply that you need the love and the kindness of other people. And so this is how it works. I feel like this is how it works sometimes in our families. This is how it works with our friendships, that we take turns being on the mat and we take turns taking care of each other. But most of you, if I'm guessing, are listening, you're going, oh, I wish I were happy. I wish that's where I was. And and here's a question for you. Do I really believe Jesus is better than anything else in the world? And what are some signs that I could see that other things have become better to me? I would say those of you that are suffering, that this is the gift of that season, that you get to test that truth, that Jesus is better than anything else in the world. And what it looks like to depend on him in the midst of suffering is different than any other season in your life. You actually will test what it feels like to lose everything and to see that God is enough. I think of my sister Katie, and I probably told you the story that when we were driving to move her stuff out of her house and she had lost everything, everything all at once because of a tragic situation tragic and not at her fault, not at her decision-making. And she just in an instant loses everything. And we're driving to move her stuff into my family's home, back into my parents' house. And she's looking out the window. It's about a three-hour drive. And she's just quiet. And I'm just quiet with her. And she says, all of a sudden, she says, gosh, I'm so blessed. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, my sweet baby sister has just lost everything. And what is she talking about? And then she says this. She says, I am going to get to see that Jesus is enough for me. I lost everything and I can already feel that he is going to be enough for me. And not many people get to lose everything and know that. And, oh, I mean, I just melted because she saw the mercy of God in this situation that any person, if I could tell you the details, you all would weep at what she had to go through. And yet, she saw in the midst of the darkest, darkest situation that God would be enough for her and saw that and counted it a blessing that she knows Jesus in intimate places that I don't know Jesus because she has walked with Jesus through suffering I can't imagine. And I would say these are the gifts of those moments. Nobody wishes them on themselves or anyone they love. But if you are in the midst of it, it says that God draws near to the brokenhearted, that he will be extra near to you. Believe it, trust it, and walk with it. I wanted to make sure you knew about the free book club kit that we made for you that walks you through Nothing to Prove book and the episodes that go along with each chapter. We even included some conversation questions for you to use, maybe to invite a neighbor, a friend, a sister. Send them a text today. Say, hey, I want to read through this book with you. I want to talk about it. I want to go a little bit deeper. So buy a copy of the book, download the free PDF on Jenny's website, and do this this summer. 
So go to JennyAllen.com, J-E-N-N-I-E Allen.com, and you can download that free PDF today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Podcast.